This ain't your average f***ing online marketing podcast. This is the Dave Sharp Show. Nathan. How can I improve my speaking skill to deliver a message effectively? Great question. Practice. It's a secret. Um, so I'm just going to just throw out an assumption here. It doesn't say it, but I'm, I would imagine that fear is probably in there. It's something I dealt with too um, because it's just human nature. We're self-aware. I sucked at video. Still sometimes I'll have doubts before I hit record. And I, I think that sometimes motion is the answer. Like shake your body sometimes. I'm, seriously, sometimes I'll do it. If I get like butterflies or get nervous, I'll just, you know, shake it out and just gather my thoughts and then just do it. And don't think about anything, the negative. You, you got to shut it out. Or if you continue to do that or don't, if you don't find a solution to get around it, you'll never do it. So, um, when it comes to effectively doing it, it does. It comes with practice. So if, if, you're, if you're not practicing enough, you need to do it more because that's the only reason why I feel like as a communicator, I've gotten better over the last couple of years is just because of practice, just doing it. But I know it's not a complicated answer, but that's what I have. Yeah, maybe you want to record yourself and listen to yourself you know, see how you sound, how you um, speak. Right? How you um, articulate your words, and that can help to improve your speaking. Okay, for Nathan or anyone, thoughts on keeping your YouTube channel about sharing and using others as selling. So, th just thoughts, get your thoughts on, on using your YouTube channel as sharing. Um, does it cause confusion to audiences? So, chances are that when you upload something to YouTube or you post on Instagram or Facebook, most of your audience is not going to see that piece of content on both places. So if you have a different message, and if you're running ads, typically you're running ads to sell something, period, or you're going to lose money unless you, you know, balling and are doing it for brand awareness. But if, if you were to have something that's a sales message and then free on YouTube, I would say don't even, don't even worry about that audience going to multiple places. Um, and if, if I'm being honest, I would, I'd do the same thing. So if I'm going to advertise unless I'm retargeting on Facebook, it's, I treat it completely separate than any other medium. Next question is, a, is another great question. James, could you explain a little more about solo ads? Do solo ads mail out for you once or do you actually buy a list? From them um, and do you have any recommendations of where to start absolutely so solo ads are basically where you buy a mail-in on someone else's list so they usually write the email copy for you and um, when they click on uh, the link in your e in their email uh, they go to your offer so you can buy like a hundred clicks you can buy like a thousand clicks or so on and so forth and it's just one time some uh, service providers they do um, they do do like a monthly thing as well, so you can sign up for a discount and have like a monthly recurring contract with them for like a thousand clicks or something like that. Um, I have a couple of recommendations that I use, um, but if I told you, I'd have to kill you. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, there's a couple of good guys that I use. One is uh, called Marcus, um, 
he uh, he's been one of the top guys for me, and also um, Kevin Leox. Some of you may know Kevin Leox. He's a big guy in uh, ClickFunnels, and he sells a lot of uh, solo ads as well. Uh, to you, BPAs, uh, which would be Ricardo, Andy. Um, if I generate a lead, how do you handle that lead? What's the process like? They want the first thing. They once they make an appointment with us, I will call that person. It's, it'll be on my end. It'll be more of an introduction, and then I set up a second call after they fill out a clarity process questionnaire, which is on day four, and they ask some quite they, they answer the questions: What do you do for a living? What's motivating you to start an online business? Why are you here? Things like that to get to know them. So I encourage them to elaborate on the answers, be specific, right? Um, be detailed with the answers, because I learned. Uh, before we wasn't doing that, but I learned that when they type their answers, they elaborate on it. They they really they really write a lot, and you get a lot of information. So then when we go again on we, the next call, will be on Zoom, so they get to see me. That's important, right? So they see my face, I'm a real person, things like that, and it's just a different dynamic when you're talking to somebody face to face through video. And then we go over those questions and we elaborate more. You know, tell me about that. Why is that important to you? And there's some questions. I'm not going to go into detail because it's very elaborate. But there's questions. There's a question that I like to ask. Um, why is that important to you? And whatever the answer is, um, I will ask, why is that important to you? And whatever that answer is, why is that important to you? And that is the one that's going to be in their hearts, why, they, why they're here. And then we elaborate on that with the rest of the auxiliary questions. And then um, if we don't get in touch with them in the beginning, uh, not only that, internally um, we have the customer service team that will contact them over seven times. Um, if I don't get a hold of them, I will use my cell phone to a different phone number maybe. Uh, maybe they'll pick up from there. But we treat the – I know – I can speak for the BPAs. We treat it like it's our leads that we that we are generated. That's we as we as if we pay for them, and we treat them. You know, we take it extremely serious. Um, somebody who opts in into legendary marketing, they, in my mind, they are looking for a solution, and we take we really go into detail into trying to help that person come, you know, um, you know, help them find that solution through this program. I always say we don't get people in legendary marketer. We get legendary marketer into people, right? Once you reach the heart, it's you know it's their own decisions from there. But after if they invest in the business blueprint bundle, then they'll be they'll be um, assigned a marketing consultant, which is Andy. And with that, in terms of what happens after after Ricardo would then introduce that person to me. They've already gone through the clarity process questionnaire, so they know kind of you know what they want and where they want to go. But and they've got the blueprints now, so they've got they've got a vehicle. You know they've got four income streams. I I just help them unpack that. So my role is to help them to choose a blueprint, and I'll never assume which one they want to they want to pick. So because ninety five percent of the time people will will possibly choose affiliate marketing because it's it's the it's the simplest model to get off the ground. I'm not going to say it's the easiest because nothing in business is easy, but it's certainly the simplest because it has the least moving parts to it. 
So most people will say affiliate marketing, but I get many people who uh, want to start a coaching and consulting business. Some people have ideas of creating their own products. So I'll let them decide. I'll let them tell me. Once we know what they want to do as far as a blueprint, we'll then work them through the rest of the 15-day challenge to make sure that foundation is laid because there's some important information at the back end of the 15-day challenge that they really need to be aware of in terms of the high-income skills that we talk about. So, you know, they need to know about lead generation. They need to know about copywriting. They need to know about sales and presenting. They need to know about outsourcing. They need to know about leveraging finance, getting the right kind of financial backing for their business. All of these elements are important aspects of running a business. So my role is to help them understand that this is a business that they're building. This is not a, a business opportunity. It's a business that they're building and they're responsible for that. So I'll get very real with them about that. We'll set some real expectations as well so that they're not setting themselves up for any kind of disappointment or failure. Uh, and that they, they're off on a good start with that. Once we've established that, and I'll spend probably about half an hour on that particular call with people, just to really get to know, uh, just to put a bit of meat on the bones behind what they filled out on the clarity process questionnaire. I like to hear it from them. It's powerful to type it out, but it's even more powerful for them to speak it out as well, because it's very rare that people get the opportunity to do that with their colleagues, their workmates, because if they talk about their goals, People don't relate to that, you know, people don't relate to the goals that they have. So for them to speak it out loud to me, it's good for me to know what their goals are, but it's good for them to hear themselves say that as well. Once we've been through that particular call, we'll then establish a marketing plan. And that will be surrounding branding, it will be surrounding higher level education if they feel it's important and if they feel they need that. And if they do, then we'll present the offers of our back-end services. So we'll present the brand builder program to them if they feel that's a good fit. We'll present the masterminds if they feel that's a good fit. And then we'll get on a call for them to decide how they want to move forwards. Do they want to move forwards from where they're at with the blueprints that they have? Or do they want to use the additional services to accelerate that process and think a little bit more long-term right from day one? And that's kind of the process that I take people through. And whether they choose to, to invest in our back-end offers or not, you know, it, it doesn't make a, an awful lot of difference to me. It makes a big difference to them because it's a big commitment for them to make. So I'll never pressure them into that. It's got to be a decision that they want to take on board and that they see the value in doing that. And whether they take that or not, we are always there as a point of contact for them. So if they choose to go into that program, we onboard them and we'll get that taken care of. If they choose not to do that and they want to stay at the blueprint um, starting point, then we'll work with them from the blueprint starting point. But either way, they are still being worked with because it's important. You know, these are people, they have livelihoods, they have families, and, and we care about that. So that's kind of my process in a nutshell. Hopefully that helps. I'm confused about blogs versus videos. Can people sell well using a blog or on a blog full time or do they need to use video? Basically, is video a requirement? Is that kind of the question? I think uh, um, blogs, videos, or any other channel, anything you can use that's going to give you exposure, do that. Um, I like videos because you get to see the person. They see your personality. They see who you are. And you are building a business. You're building your brand. You, you're not a business man or woman. You are a business man. You're the business. Get it? You're not a businesswoman. You are a business woman.
right? So you're the brand, you're the asset. People don't come and learn to marketer because of the program, they come in because of the personality, the people, you know, the, the realness, the, 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 the transparency in it. People buy you, you know, of who you are. So that's, that's my take on that. But the more channels you have for exposure, I would do that. I agree. I would also say try it all. If you're debating whether to try one or the other, try them both because you might find that you're really good at one and you are kind of good at the other one and maybe want to outsource one. Or you take the blog and you write it and then you use that as a script and then you can turn that script into the video and just practice that script over and over and then make a video over that. I would say with video, just keep trying. It's like you're going to suck in the beginning. Like I can remember making video after video after video and one of my first videos was like, Hi, I'm Anna, and I'd like to work out with you today. We're going to have so much fun. And I kept that video up so I could look back three years ago, and I made a video every single day for almost two years. And I just got better and better and better. So you never know. And the same thing with blogging and writing. Just, you know, just keep going and just keep trying. I don't think you have to do video, which I know, shocker, right, coming from me. But um, I... My philosophy has been if other people are doing something and it works, there's no reason it can't work for you. So there are tons of multi-million dollar blogs and they're still being created today. Just like video or anything else that's worth creating success in, it takes work, it takes time and dedication. So if you choose to do blogging and writing, it's just like video. You may suck at it at first, but you'll get better. You'll find your voice when it comes to putting words to paper. But it works. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So blogs have been working for years and years and years, and they're still going to continue to work. Um, I would say try a lot of different mediums. So definitely try video as well as blogs. And like Anna said, you can repurpose your content. So you can write a video script onto a blog, and you can trans uh, do a blog onto a video and so on and so forth. So yeah, they absolutely work. I'm not going to just carry on saying the same thing that everyone else has said. <laughs> but it's true. You know, at the end of the day, what, what works for one doesn't necessarily work for another. And if you are shit scared of doing video right now and you just cannot, for whatever reason, cope with that, then don't do it. Do something that you can cope with until your confidence levels increase. And if, if you love writing, then write. If you love shooting video, then shoot video. If you don't like doing either, then you, maybe you've got a problem. But you know, you you, you got to pick something. But but definitely pick something that you are leaning towards, because you're more likely to stick at it as well. So don't feel like Nathan said, video is not the, the be all and end all. It's a powerful medium, but so is putting pen to paper. And if you like writing, then write. So try that out if you feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I agree. And also, just a quick note, um, just social media has become a blog. You can write basically blog posts on Instagram posts. And you can write a thousand or, you know, I don't know how, if they have a length, but, I mean, your caption to your Instagram can be, uh, tell a huge story, and people do this all the time with just a photo, right, which is maybe more comfortable for you. So use your Instagram profile as an intro-level blog. There's people who blog for a living, people, like, Trust me, there's people who have blogs and people have no clue what this person looks like. There's not even an image of this person up and they make a lot of money, usually as affiliates or referral, whatever. So a good example is like a, 
a product review site. So people will put up product review sites and just refer people over to Amazon products. Like that's pretty simple. Um, so they'll rank on a website for a hot new viral product. They'll review it, and there's no video of them. I mean, sure, video is going to help. Like, a video is definitely going to help. An unboxing of the new iPhone or an unboxing of some cool new drone video tool or whatever. But you can do product reviews, style, stuff like that. Hey, Nathan, um, what has been your most profitable video? I don't know, I'm not sure if that's totally trackable, but if you had to guess or if you know. Uh, and if anyone else here has like their most profitable piece of content, that'd be cool too. I think there's a, a, a few, so I can basically put it into a basket of, of what I believe it would be. And that is when I create videos on different ways to start making money or different websites that you can start a business on, and then I lead them into an offer from that. So. It's framing and messaging. I know that people are on there. They're looking for maybe starting a business. Um, that was one that I believe made me a lot of money is I talked about the best business to start. And so I go over different options. And then of course I say one of the easiest ones is affiliate marketing. Um, there's a cool program I know of that can teach you this. Go check it out. And so I just led right into Legendary as a source to, to learn more about it. And so that's the type of content that's done really well for me. Mine's a little bit different, but still on that same page if you're starting your business. Um, the best videos that I had, and there was always a big drastic difference in the number of views, was really when I shared a kind of behind the scenes of me actually living the lifestyle that I was promoting. So anything that was involving like, here's me making chicken in my kitchen with my daughter and we only have five minutes. And it really captured A, that I was living the lifestyle that I was you know, preaching every single day, and B, they got to feel an intimate look into my life or how I was behind the scenes, and it, it really worked, and I can tell you that that's really how I built my following, was really just off-the-cuff videos, live videos, live video, live video, like, all right, well, let's just show us doing it, let's just show myself doing this, and um, so that really worked for me. I just had this conversation with my mom the other day, because <laughs> my mom just started a YouTube channel, she said, I don't have an offer right now, I said, you don't have videos up either. So, <laughs> um, so when you understand any platform is about, it's about driving traffic and traffic are people and people are what they're going to end up buying your offer. So, I mean, it's natural to say, well, I have to have an offer because I'm going to make money, but you're also not going to be driving traffic. And that's just the way, if you start a blog today and write a blog post, ain't nobody going to go, it's not going to be seen because you're brand new. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of blogs being started every day. So Google is not going to just say, you know what, we're feeling really nice. Let's dump some traffic to this brand new blog. It doesn't work that way. Same thing with YouTube. Now, there are anomalies where that happens, but you don't want to base your business off of luck. You want to do it off of proven strategies, and that is the hard work that you put in. That is tried and true. It works for everyone, and that's how you should build your business. When it comes to YouTube and building a channel, you do not need to have a way to monetize that immediately. Why? Because you're not going to be having enough people going to your videos anyways when you start. And so this is what I, I believe is the most important thing when you're starting to create videos. It, it, especially if you're brand new, this is how you should be thinking. You are creating a new habit. It's a way of life. All right. I, it is part of my life now. I create videos. That's what I do. Um, and if you're not doing that yet, it's not 
habitual. That's what you do. You're creating a new habit. So the first thing that you should do is start creating content. And that's the first, like if I were to do a one-on-one -on -one consultation with someone here or anyone, I, the first thing I would do is say, well, let's take a look how many videos you have. And if they don't, that's the problem. There needs to be content. And as you're, as, as you're doing it, you'll get better, right? Um, and then when you start driving traffic and you start getting views, that's when it's more important to, to then monetize. But, I mean, if you grow a significant channel, you can literally make money from YouTube just from the AdSense by allowing ads to run on your videos. I'm a marketer. I don't think that's a great way to run a business. Um, I think that that should be bonus money. Uh, and really, that's what I look at, the income that I get from YouTube. I look at that as advertisement money that I can then go invest into ads and run ads to grow my business. I don't look at it as um, livelihood. So when you're starting off, I know it's frustrating because you think that you need to have an offer. You need to put it in the links below. Um, but when you do that, you're also, you could be slowing your traction with, with YouTube because they also want you to be a contributor to the community and keep people on there. So if you're starting your channel and right off the bat sending people off of YouTube and you're doing that with every single video, it could hurt you. Um, another tactic that you, if you wanted to start growing your list immediately, and you guys, you don't, like I said before, <laughs> there's no rules to the, get this game. There's no black and white. You can do whatever you want. Um, I just recommend doing something that you see has worked that other people do. You can give verbal calls to action. So a, a great idea is to say, your, say a website name. Say your website forward slash free. And if you go to that website, let, go check it out after this video, they can go get your free download or whatever it is so you can generate the lead and don't put the link in the description. I've done YouTube for very long. I only just started doing it uh, earlier this year. Um, but I would say my most valuable uh, content is usually uh, how-to's, so how to do something, how to uh, build a website, how to uh, start a chatbot and stuff like that. So I think most of my revenues come from the how-to videos and people searching. Nice. Um, just a good trick and tip, I'll, I'll answer in just a sec. Just a good helpful tip is just go to anybody's channel, sort it by most popular and just look at what has the most views. Identify really the four things. I mean, there's more to it, but title, description, tags, thumbnail, and just use um, vidIQ or TubeBuddy to just hack their channel. Like just, like, just go look. Yeah. Do you think Nathan just made all this up on his own? <laughs> like, no. Just go hack his channel. As far as monetizing your channel, I don't think it should be the primary way to do it, but. What he's saying, it, it, it is accurate, and that's because YouTube is a business, and they have advertisers that pay money to get in front of their ideal customer. And basically, the people who are willing to spend more cost more to get in front of, which is why like channels that talk about business or anything that has to do with growing a business or making money or investing, uh, anything of that nature, it's going to cost more to get in front of them. So if someone were going to pay to get a pre-roll in front of one of my videos, they're going to, get, they're going to have to pay more, and I'm going to get paid more because it's my video uh, on Freedom Influencer because I'm talking about some sort of business topic. Whereas, if, like he said, if it's a makeup one, then advertisers aren't going to pay as much because the profit margin, margins are lower and people spend less on that stuff sometimes. Depends. Makeup can get expensive. But I don't know. <laughs> 
but I hope that makes sense. Um, I was just going to say on that note, uh, that just that doesn't just apply to YouTube. So if you go and place Google ads as well, like we're kind of on a tangent a little bit, but what you mentioned is true of all of advertising. So a cool Google search you can do, there's a site called WordStream, and you can look up industry, industry benchmarks for uh, industry benchmarks WordStream. And what you'll get are results of uh, average cost per clicks for different industries and average return from different industries. So for instance, if you're a lawyer, higher cost per click, right? The reason is, right, profit margin like you just said, but also lifetime value of a customer is really high. So they can afford to pay more for a new customer, right? So that, that has to play into different industries. A practical example is um, my wife is a therapist. She places Google ads and um, pays about three to $400 a month on ads. When people type in therapist for teens Phoenix, like boom, she's almost always the first one up and we pay like $5 a click, right? Seems high, but her think about it. If she charges $110 per session cash then or, or credit or whatever, $110 a session, it's private pay. So now, I mean, three or four sessions, that person is worth, I mean, this is sounds bad in the terms of therapy, but that individual, that client, is worth now $400. So $5 a click isn't all that crazy when the lifetime value is pretty high, right? Does that make sense? As where other industries will have lower costs per clicks, but you'll probably have lower margins. Um, and so you it's it's there's a there's a common phrase and I can't remember who said it maybe somebody knows but they said basically the person who who wins in an industry is the person who can afford to pay the most to acquire a new customer. Dan Kennedy. Dan Kennedy? There you go. I knew it had to be him. Um, Dan Kennedy. Um, if you which if you just if you want really great books to read on sales and marketing direct response Dan Kennedy's a great great old school resource but. Um, I've read just about every book by Dan Kennedy twice. So, um, but again, it's, it's all relative to industry and relative to what people can afford to pay for a customer and the, the cost per click and usually the cost per new client acquisition will correlate with that. So probably add revenue too. There's just going to be more competition. That's really what it is. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for notifications of new episodes. And if you'd leave me a review on iTunes, it would mean the world to me. Also, if you want my number one recommendation to make money online, then head over to DaveSharpShow.com and download the free report. I'll see you on the next episode.